something to say. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And I, I, today's a question day. Why don't I care at all about Punisher Season 2? Let's explore. This is something that's actually been really bothering me. And I, I am very confused by how I feel, and I actually feel justified by having seen some of the show. Now, I'm not a huge fan of The Punisher. I was back when I was a kid, but quickly the character wore thin on me and I just stopped caring, and I didn't enjoy either of the movies that came out, and it wasn't until The Punisher appeared in Daredevil that I even started to care again. I liked the way they used the character on Daredevil, and I really enjoyed season one. Season two, I didn't care about at all. I, I really didn't want to watch it and probably wouldn't have watched any of it if my husband hadn't wanted to see some of it. Oh, the things we do for love. And so <laughs> Brian put it on and there it was happening. And I couldn't connect with it. I couldn't care less. In fact, I started reading old Red Robin comics, trying to get caught up with all the stuff in the DC Comics world that I had missed out on since I stopped buying comics. And by the way, I'm enjoying that a lot. And then they put up a, all of Jeff John's Green Lantern run. And so I quickly ran over to start rereading those and actually started from issue one, which means I get to read a bunch that I hadn't read because I think I kicked into that at around issue 26 or something. It was a ways in. And I've really been enjoying that. And so while Brian has been watching The Punisher, I've for the most part been reading comics. So why don't I care this season? Well, I, I, I really have mixed feelings. Part of it is... The world has gotten to a place where a character like the Punisher just doesn't appeal to me at all right now. And if we weren't in the state that we were in, maybe I would still care some, but you know, it took me a while to be convinced to watch season one and you know, season two has been happening in the background and you know, I look up every now and then and and I feel justified in that. Don't consider this a review because honestly, I haven't been enthralled enough to pay enough attention. And that to me is the biggest problem that this series has. In fact, I think more than anything, it was the failure of Daredevil season three, whatever the last season of Daredevil was that just kind of broke the spell over me and made me just kind of stop caring about the Netflix Marvel shows. Cause I, 
you know, I, I didn't hate Defenders the way a lot of people did. And while I did not really enjoy Iron Fist Season 2, I liked where it ended and I was curious where it was going to go. I, I haven't finished Daredevil because it bored me. I didn't care about the characters. They took everything that I liked about the characters and just threw it away. And I kind of felt that way about this season. Because as soon as it started, because I, I did try to watch it. But as soon as it started and we get this long, long, long scene at the very beginning where he's in this kind of honky-tonk in Michigan. I think he's in Michigan. And the band is playing. And honestly, it spends a lot more time with the band. And you see him talking to this bartender girl. And you immediately know what's going to happen. He's going to have a tryst with her. She's going to have a kid. Something bad's going to happen. We're going to replay his origin story. Because it's the only interesting thing about the Punisher and that's going to lead us into the storyline. And well, I've heard some people say some nice things about the fight scenes in the series. I th th that's pretty much all that I've watched to be quite honest. I mean, I've heard a lot of the dialogue and you know, but I don't even think the fight scenes were particularly that interesting. And when I really sat down and thought about it, and I actually almost named the episode this, How John Wick Ruined the Punisher. Because John Wick is everything that you would ever want in a Punisher movie. I mean, seriously. Though, if you had ever asked me if Keanu Reeves should play the Punisher, I probably would have laughed at you. That's, in a lot of ways, especially the first John Wick movie, that's basically a Punisher movie. And paced the way a Punisher movie should be. And redefined what gritty action movies could look like. When you're going for more... I don't want to say realistic, but... You know, not as cartoonish violence in your show. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed both of the John Wick movies. Even though for some reason... They, they they made the volume very quiet so everyone sounds like they're whispering. And I don't know why they did that. I have no idea why they did that. But they did. And so Punisher almost feels like a pale imitation of John Wick. And I, I find that really funny because I feel like John Wick did a lot for various superhero shows in changing the way they do everything like arrow the last couple seasons has really felt like oh we watched john wick and realized that's what our combat should be more like and they've been feeling a much more john wicky in their if, if that's a word in their combat and this kind of fits into that same vein where it's going to be bloody it's going to be gory the you know we're gonna have broken skin and you know the blood splatter from the bullet wounds and all that and okay but this is why i like wuxia fiction because 
Sword fights could get boring, but once you say, well, it's sword fights with people who can fly and do magic things with a sword, the sheer number of things that can happen when you have, you know, magic in the weapons, it, it, it gets ridiculous. And I rather enjoy that ridiculousness. You know, the it, it keeps the fights from getting stale because, well, let's be honest, there are only so many ways you can punch someone. And this is, I think, why a lot of fans of action movies tend to refer to it in as choreography and dance because it's the same thing with music. There are only so many notes that you can play and so many notes that can be played simultaneously intelligibly. So it's about how those notes are played and in what order and in what way and that there's an air of surprise. The problem that the Punisher has this season is the fights are predictable. Like you can just kind of guess what's going to happen based on what episode you're on in the series. Like, Oh, I'm about a half of the way through. So he's going to win, but he's going to get really beaten up. Oh, we're about, you know, three quarters of the way through. He's not going to win and something terrible is going to happen. And while some of that's just basic plot structure that you can assume, it hits the beats so perfectly that there's no surprise. Like there's, okay, spoilers for anybody who doesn't want spoilers, because there's one thing I do want to talk about a little bit right here. There, there's a scene in, I think, the 11th episode of the series where Frank gets beaten almost to death. He then breaks free from the people and kills all of them and then goes up to get Billy because Billy's back. And, oh, we're going to talk a lot about Billy Russo. That That's... I haven't even gotten to Billy Russo yet. And he gets up to the room and then he kind of fires into the room and Billy gets away and there's all these dead women in there and he believes that he killed them. And so he broke his code. He killed the innocent because this show is really trying to justify its violence, which for me is a mistake. You know, as somebody who writes a lot of action scenes, just write them, have characters, have feelings about them. That's fine. But when so much of your show is trying to justify why this guy can run around slaughtering entire rooms of people and that's okay, to the point where we're going to have him have a complete breakdown over the death of three people that he thinks he killed, and that by the end of the episode, very clearly he didn't, like they figure out that he didn't, and he's suddenly fine. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't kill them. I can go kill other people now. Yay. It is just frustrating. You know, I don't, I don't need my violence justified. And by that, you know, I don't mean that I just want it to be random and capricious in the story or whatever, because that just generally doesn't work. And that's for me, at least what, goes wrong with some action films is it just feels random and put in there because well it's time for an action scene 
But this, they're trying to make the Punisher philosophical. So they're comparing and contrasting Frank and Billy repeatedly. Like every character has an opinion about the differences or similarities between Frank and Billy and whether they're both villains or one's a hero and one's a villain or whether one is the Riddick necessary for the situation. Like there was one scene where I had to put my comic down because I was expecting Madani to just say, sometimes the only way to fight evil is with another kind of evil. She got very close to saying that, but she didn't actually go there, which surprised me. It really did, because she gets so close to just saying lines from a Riddick trailer. And it's... (laughs) Oh, oh, okay, I'm just going to say it. That's ridiculous. That sounds like a bad pun. But anyway, they're really trying to justify what Frank is doing. And the problem with any character like this is that the wholesale violence with which they act is not justifiable. It may appear or may actually be necessary, but that necessary is not the same as justified. Necessary is not the same thing as right. And A show like The Punisher should understand the difference there because, yeah, you're going to need someone like Frank to take out a Billy who, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Billy after the break, but, you know, somebody who can take him on with his skills because he can get away from most people because he's super soldier guy, but that's not saying that Frank A needs to kill everybody because Frank would be just as effective if he had sleep, you know, trank darts in his gun as if he had bullets. And that's where all of your attempts to justify fall apart. Like if they were able to get those shield icers to the Punisher, right? And for those of you who didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they developed these special bullets that basically shatter on impact and knock the person out for an extended period of time. So they don't actually kill, they just knock people out because they didn't want to be a show that was just randomly killing people all the time. If Frank had those weapons, it wouldn't change the story at all. And that means the murder is not necessary. So if you're trying to argue that the only way to stop these people is through their death, when really all you have to do is stop these people because their death isn't required for their stopping, because then you could imprison them and everything would be fine. You know, there are some characters that, you know, yeah, they just have to go, right? You know, Dark from the DC Arrowverse, right? He He's a character you just got to take out. And they've had a couple of those. You just got to take them out because 
they will escape from whatever caves you put them in and they will come back and they will do terrible, horrible things. So the only way to take them out is to take them down. None of the villains are that way in this story. None of them rise to that level of super villainy. In fact, they barely rise to the level of a gang. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more after the break. And we're back. Okay. So, I mean, the basic problem that a show like this has is that it really can't examine its premise too deeply or it just falls apart. Right? Daredevil could spend some time with its premise because is it really necessary for somebody to be fighting for people on the streets of Hell's Kitchen? Well, considering that the crime level hasn't been going down and people need somebody to help save them, you could make an argument that Daredevil beating the snot out of some people and leaving them packaged for the cops is not a bad thing. May not be a good thing, but not a bad thing. The violence in this series comprises two different groups of people. One is a group of religious zealots who are winning office and legally, apparently. Like, that's the thing that really gets me about the storyline is they don't seem to be, they, they, I guess they're bribing people maybe, but you don't really get the feeling that they're bribing people. They've just basically started a cult and they're getting their people elected. So, okay, they're not, they're not good people, but, uh, and they have access to basically their own self-made contract killer who can just go around killing people willy nilly. Cause he's really good at it for reasons never explained in the show. He apparently was kind of a thug growing up. He was a neo-Nazi and then he joined the cult and they have him go kill people because God's will. All right. It's, it's not a good reason. It's not a, it's just, it's the way it is on the show. And I really wish they had picked a better justification for everything that he does, but they didn't. So they're definitely bad guys because they're covering up that their son is gay because that wouldn't go over well with their religious cult followers. And so they have to kill a whole bunch of people because they got photos of their son kissing another guy and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So they're bad people. Um, hmm. all right. And then, okay, let's just talk about Billy. Jigsaw is a character that I was not looking forward to because the idea of Jigsaw I find extremely problematic. And you could tell that the creators of the show, the writers in all on the show, did too. Basically, the Jigsaw Jigsaw is a guy that gets messed up so badly that his face looks like a patchwork quilt or looks like a jigsaw puzzle where they tried to put his face back together again. And he's a Punisher villain because Punisher villains will Punisher villain. Okay. So at the end of season one, we get to see Billy Russo get his face completely trashed by Frank Castle. 
Okay. And then they play coy, and they play coy, and he wears this mask that's kind of cool looking because, ooh, they're going to do a big reveal about what he looks like. And you start anticipating what he looks like because you have an idea that, you know, you saw how much Frank messed his face up at the end of season one. You know, the if you know anything about the history of the character, he's just going to be, you know, a collage of scars. And so... We finally get the big reveal where he takes the mask off and he, he has some scars, but for the most part, he's just a good looking guy with some scars, but everybody looking at him is just like, Oh my goodness, you have a scar on your cheek. Oh, and there's a scar on your nose. Mm. I just can't believe you have facial scars. How horrible, how awful, how terrible. My pearls, think of the children. And is it, he has a couple scars. Like, one kind of makes something like somewhere between a four and a pound sign on his cheek. And he's got like one that goes across his nose. A couple on the other, you know, maybe one on the other cheek. Like, his face is not all that messed up. Like, he, one, he's completely recognizable as Billy Russo from season one. You know, and yeah, that should happen because it's the same actor. But uh, I don't understand why people, like, people are literally, like, at a loss for words when they see him. Because he has artisanal scars that are in just the right places to enhance his rugged, manly look. I mean, the, when they first did the reveal, all I could think is, man, Brandon Braga had something to do with this show, didn't he? Because that's why Jedzia Dax looks like Jedzia Dax, because that character had that race, the Trill, when originally introduced, had this four, these forehead ridges, and he thought she was too pretty. Yeah, he thought he, she was too pretty to put the forehead mask on, so they redesigned the entire Trill race to just be a stamp that would go around her face because then you could see Terry Farrell's beautiful face. And she is beautiful. She's breathtaking, but they changed, changed the entire race because of that. And you, you get the feeling they did the same thing with Billy Russo that, but the actor is so handsome. It would be a shame to put all those scars on his face. You know, I mean, we don't want, to do to him what Deadpool did to Ryan Reynolds and make him like Ryan Reynolds with cottage cheese on his face. Cause they really didn't make him all that ugly either, but that's neither here nor there. No, he, he's just got a few scars. It's just a few scars. And yeah, they're kind of dark and they're easy to see, but they're still relatively fresh. And over time they'll dull some and, you know, it's one of those things like he could sit down with a drag queen who could teach him some easy makeup tips and make them almost go away because they're not that bad. Like they don't pinch and twist his face. They're just lines. They're just lines. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be really polite to the show in my head canon and letting myself think that the actor was allergic to whatever prosthetic they were going to put on him. And so instead of putting the appliances on, they did this 
instead. And they spent all that time in season one setting him up and they didn't want to recast the role and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know if any of that's true, but it, it makes me feel better because you look at the scripts and the writers clearly thought he was going to be repulsive because every time, like there's a scene of him riding on a bus and people are like harassing him and making fun of him for his scars that really like, first of all, the angle, the one guy who starts really harassing him is looking at him. You can only see like one little scar on his cheek because the side of his face that's messed up the most is angled away from him. So he really couldn't see all of them, but okay. He just decided to be a jerk and make fun of the guy with the scar on his face. That's yeah. And Jigsaw's gang is just like, they're like a slightly more violent oceans 11 gang. Like I think, you know, we recently watched oceans eight and I think they were a scarier group than Russo's are. I mean, yeah, he yells a lot and he randomly kills people and he threatened to shove a grenade through a mail slot to kill an old lady. So yeah, he's a bad guy, but you know, not like a, like you wouldn't call out like a mission impossible team to get him. Like, seriously, he robs a check cashing place. That's this big heist in the movie. He robs a check cashing place. Because reasons. <sighs> and I don't even want to get into his weird thing with the doctor person that just doesn't work. So... A couple things, just for any of those creatives out there who are listening. If you're going to write a sex scene, decide what the point of it is. And I really mean that. Like, what is the point? Because this show has a couple, and I don't get them. Like, there's one early on in the series with Frank and Bar Lady Beth... And it just doesn't look fun. Like, she's really nice to him the next day, even though it really doesn't look like either of them had fun. And the couple sex scenes that there are between the psychiatrist and Billy... Like, I don't, I don't even remember her name. She's just knockoff Harley Quinn number five. It, it, it's weird. It's bizarre. It doesn't make sense. She was scarred as a child, but yet somehow I, her scars are still hurting. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. Maybe that's possible. I'm not going to say that's not possible, but they kind of bond in this weird scar sex thing where... Her scars are not all that disfiguring, and they're hidden under her clothes most of the time. And his are not all that disfiguring either. And But, oh, they, they're they the only ones that know what pain is because they've been scarred. Because, yeah, reasons. So, 
Yeah, those are just some thoughts about Punisher Season 2. I, I don't know if it's... I don't think it's just me. Brian says he's enjoying it some, so... I don't know, maybe it's just me. And when we finish, we may sit down and do an actual review if Brian wants to, because then I'll just be the devil's advocate in the corner. But seriously, if I can impart any bit of wisdom on any creative writer out there... If the whole point of your story is to randomly kill people and have a kitty cat come up and meow into the microphone because she wants to. Sorry, that last part was something that just happened. Um, don't spend all your time having moral quandaries about what is and is not justified violence when your justified violence isn't justified at all. Okay. If you've enjoyed this show, please give us a rating in whatever app you're listening on. That really does help out a lot. Um, yeah, if you have a buck, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I can't get over that millions of dollars going to making some of these things. Cause you know, I just, someone should have caught some of this in like, when they did their first screen test of Billy's makeup, nobody sat back and went, he doesn't look messed up. Yeah, anyway. If you got a buck you can throw my way, there'll be a link in the show notes to support on Anchor. That money really does help. Help me get a new mic. Thank you for that. I think the podcast sound actually a lot better. Um, if you don't have any money, that's okay. Um, <laughs> just share the podcast with people that you think will enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments please go to anchor.fm, download the Anchor app, follow me, Project Shadow, on there, and then hit the voice message button. You can leave up to a one-minute message, and it can be a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like me to discuss on the show. I would love to answer more of your questions. And just please don't make them about the Punisher. <laughs> I guess it's a good way to guarantee that we'll probably get questions about the Punisher. If you want to follow me online, you can do so on Twitter. I'm C.E. Dorset. You can find all of my social media links at projectshadow.com. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye. <laughs>